Hi, welcome to the Life Business Podcast, Between Two Worlds. I'm Tim Segerton, pastor and business owner. And in these sessions, I'm talking to business leaders, professionals about their stories and experiences of faith and business, which I'm really confident are going to encourage, inspire, and give you practical takeaways that you can put into practice. And today, I've got my great friend, Ken Chin, joining me. Ken is a GP partner in one of Auckland's largest practices. He's an investor and along with his wife, Carolyn, uh, founders of Caramed, specialist health tech venture capital fund. So welcome, Ken. Awesome to have you with us. Yes, Tim, thanks for having me along. Uh, it's a real honor to be able to share my story. No, I'm really looking forward to it. Ken, and um, I thought we could just get straight into it and start by just giving us all a bit of a background about yourself, your family, how long you've been at life, and uh, how long you've been a practicing GP. Yeah, so so I'm married to the most amazing person, Caroline, uh, and some people may know this, but uh, I've known her since kindergarten, and we started dating in high school. Um, and we've got two amazing daughters, Caitlin, who's 15, and Madeline, who's 12. Uh, and as a, a, as a family, uh, Caroline and I started uh, at uh, Life Church in 1993. Uh, so, that goes, so that's right near the beginning. Yeah, that's pretty much near the beginning. Um, and yeah, as a family, and, and, you know, we love church and our kids love being in church. Uh, uh, from a doctoring perspective, uh, I've been a doctor for over 23 years now. Um, I, Did you study at Auckland, was it? Yeah, I started out at Auckland Medical School and then initially was training to be a surgeon and then uh, eventually became a GP. Very good. Um, and you, um, so, so that's 20 plus years um, in GP practice now, is it? Well passed. Yeah, that's right. Um, I'm not, I'm not well, getting any younger, obviously. <laughs> Although you do look at um, uh, Ken, we've been mates for um, 10 years now, and I've always been so inspired by both you and Caroline. And what I love, particularly about you both, is the scale at which you think. And that's really shaped, stretched, influenced me. Um, has that always been the case for you? What's um, uh, why why do you operate at that level? Yeah, um, that's a good question, Tim. I mean, I suppose what I would say initially is that we're all, you know, a work in progress uh, within God's hands and that we're all continually learning to trust in God and to hear his voice and, you know, to, to hear his wisdom. And it's a continual process of stepping out in faith, uh, despite, obviously, the fear that we might face in doing that. And, and, and so uh, on that journey, I think, you know, for Caroline and myself, we've, you know, continually evaluated you know, the experiences uh, along this faith journey and, 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 and to learn from those experiences. So one of the key things is that we've learned that is always bigger than what we can imagine. So that we're always, you know, continually having to push ourselves um, to see what God sees. Uh, even when it doesn't exist in the natural yet. And, and, then, and then hopefully once you can see what God sees, to then step out in faith, um, to go after that, that God vision. 
Um, so I suppose along the years of walking with God, that's where, you know, your perspective on, on, on how we have a significant scale of thinking has come from. And that certainly shaped us, you know, over the years. And so have you always got, I guess, um, a five-year or a 10-year um, roadmap um, planned out? Does it vary in terms of what God opens up to you? Yeah, and, and to be fair, in my early days when I was younger, I had a very detailed plan uh, down, down to the months and, and over, you know, when I started as a doctor, I literally had a six-year plan that was timed to the month, pretty much. And then as I, <laughs> kind, of, as I kind of, you know, continued on the journey with God, I suddenly realized that that sort of detail plan was probably over the top and I was actually limiting what God was wanting to do uh, in the sense that 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 I I kind of became too rigid um, and I'll share something with you Tim that you've probably not heard but over the years God has shown Caroline and I a way to tap into uh, his his way of thinking and when we embark on any projects or, or, or which we've got, you know, a couple on the go at the moment, we kind of narrow it down to three things. So the first thing is, you know, the plan or the project has to be God inspired. So that's number one. So God has to inspire us that that's the dream, that's the vision. And usually it's way bigger than what we can imagine. The second thing then we have to take on board that plan is even if you have the vision, you have to be physically motivated to step out that plan. So the second thing is, we have to be physically motivated to work out that plan. And the third part of that, which is very, very important, is while we are stepping out to complete and activate that plan, we have to be divinely guided and spiritually guided and be open to hearing what the Holy Spirit is saying. So just to recap that, it's God-inspired. We have to be physically motivated and be divinely guided by the Spirit. So that's kind of our mantra when we kind of step out, whether it's a five-year project or a seven-year project. And right now, we've got a 15- to 20-year project going on. I want to talk about that in a second. So, um, I, yeah, I definitely want to expand on that. But before we do, so... Um, you, you're going through and need to be able to put a tick by each of those items. Um, so how does that look like practically in your day-to-day, -day, your week-to-week? -week? You're creating time for that. Um, uh, is, is that just part of daily quiet times? Do you de dedicate time together or specifically around forward planning? Yeah. Um, so we definitely dedicate time to being inspired by God. So we, we, we definitely, you know, we have, over the years learned the discipline of setting time aside to just be quiet. Because I think sometimes when we have a goal, uh, we just go, go, go. Uh, and, and we all have to be disciplined to set quiet time where you're trying to exclude, you know, all the distractions and just focus in on, hey God, thank, you know, being thankful, having a time of being thankful, having a time of just saying, okay, God, I'm ready, I'm willing, uh, you know, let's have that conversation. Um, so, so, so I think the discipline of setting aside that quietness is is key here in terms of the. Do you have a place one. for that? 
Did you have a specific uh, not, place where you do that? Yeah, I think everyone's different, to be fair, Tim. Everyone's different. For me, for me, the place for that uh, is twofold. Uh, one, uh, when I'm on my exercise cycle or on my treadmill uh, doing some exercise, I find that I can really connect to God because it excludes all distraction and I'm just focused on, because I don't like exercising. So I just focus on God because I actually don't like exercising. I just do it. For <laughs> That's now, awesome. So, so that's one area. The second one is, uh, you know, people find looking out on something natural, like a patch of grass, looking out on water, looking at clouds. That That is a good way of cutting out distractions and focusing in on listening to God. So I think, I yeah. think that's where the inspiration comes from. Awesome. And likewise, and likewise for the third component, which is to be divinely guided by the spirit, equally setting that time aside, you will eventually uh, hear what God is wanting to say through his spirit. Now, obviously you confirm it, like Caroline and I, we, we pray together, but we also pray separately for the major decisions because we want to hear God separately that confirms you know, a big decision that we have to undertake. I love that. Um, do you have any practice of journaling with that or writing notes down? Are you yeah, um, practicing... So yeah, so I'm not a big journaler, but Caroline is. So certainly, you know, she does a lot of journaling and definitely God speaks to her through that. But, but again, it's different personalities. So for her, it works really well. For me, it doesn't work as well. And on the back of that, Ken, what I'm so impressed about, and again, um, being a mate, is when you do hear something, you're pretty unshakable. No, not pretty. You are unshakable in going after that, um, whether it's, just of a ridiculous scale or sacrifice, um, once you've got that God word, um, mm. you just go for it. Has that always been the case for you? Have you had to learn how to do that? Yeah, I think I think some of that will be to do with the tenacity of you know our personality, my personality. Um, but what I've learned over the years is that I, you know, instead of just being um, goal driven. Um, once I know, and I know, and I know that, you know, God has laid out a specific path or plan or, you know, a direction, um, I will stay on course. I will literally be like a bulldog that, that latches onto it. Um, yeah. and, and, and so I would stay on course with my godly purpose once I have confirmed it. And, and you know, one of the verses, I, I, I you know, I, I, and, and obviously, you know, you face the ups and downs of, of hanging on. But one of the verses I hang on to is out of Jeremiah 29, uh, where God says, you know, I'll show up and take care of you as I promise and bring you back home. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out, plans to take care of you, not to abandon you, plans to give you the future you hope for. And when you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. So basically, once I've latched on and I know, you know, that God has given me a responsibility, yep, I will, I will keep walking it out, you know, no matter what, what the challenge is. And, yep. and, 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 and as you know, life is a bit of a roller coaster and there will be challenges. Yeah, that's for, that's for certain. I mean, this last 10 years hasn't been easy, has it? You've had some significant ups and downs in that time, um, yeah. but yet have advanced to this pretty amazing point here um and maybe we'll talk about some of those challenges in a bit but i thought this would be a good um uh, 
start um, to talk about Caramed and uh, tell us a little bit about that venture and the scale of it and how it came about. Yeah, so Caramed uh, is a venture capital fund. So essentially, um, Caroline and I, you know, got a word, uh, in fact, many words from God to start a investment vehicle. So it's basically an investment fund. Uh, and right now we're in the the process uh, of raising raising you know fifty minimum fifty million for this investment fund up you know up to a hundred million, uh, and and the and the vision behind it actually is to uh, invest the the the, the capital uh, into up and coming New Zealand health technologies um, for a variety of reasons. Um, uh, one is that the goal is to create an ecosystem, investment ecosystem, where the different uh, players in the ecosystem will benefit from it. And that could be people uh, in the scientific community, in universities who would otherwise have to go offshore, um, you know, to have jobs in specific health technology areas. Uh, that could be entrepreneurs in that space who have to go offshore to look for skill, talent and capital to keep growing their company. Um, so one of the, the you know, one of the long term visions behind it, obviously, is, you know, New Zealand has great technology and we want to be able to commercialize and enhance that technology so that it can benefit patients globally, you know, make a huge impact. You know, little, little New Zealand with five million people making a global health impact and also keeping, you know, our, our talent in New Zealand. And, and, and as part of that is also to be able to see uh, where uh, Kiwis can invest into a fund that, that can perform well for them so that they can improve in economically. And also on a bigger scale, obviously improve, uh, you know, the economy of New Zealand in that sector as well. So, but that's, that's a God-given thing. I mean, I don't think Carol and I naturally would want to start a fund. Um, I mean, we, we do have the skills and the different people involved have the different skills and the experience to run a fund. But this pretty much has been a God dream, really. Uh, and, and something that, that we're running with now. And how long ago was that seed planted? Uh, to be fair, the idea for fun, probably Caroline and I have been sort of talking about it for at least 10 years, to be fair. But the actual detail of the fund, you know, came into being in the last year. Uh, yeah. and, and there's been many miracles of, of God, you know, bringing different people to assist us, to guide us, you know, different people who have blessed us with their wisdom and, and the finances and so forth. And we're still on that journey. And right now we're on a, on a fund, fundraising sort of season where we're trying to raise the 100 million. And with that, again, even though you know, you're convinced that this is a God idea. It's not meaning that that um, process is easy by any means, is it? Yes, far from it, Tim. I mean, uh, I would suggest that, you know, there, there, there are earthly barriers that we are facing at the moment. Uh, we've had many miracles as well. Uh, but there are also spiritual battles that, you know, is not just a, a flesh and blood battle, but it's certainly also a battle in the spiritual realm um, to get, get the fun going. And, and I believe the reason for that is that it, this is a God vision. And, 
that many lives, you know, will be touched by God um, through this vehicle of the fund uh, in many different ways. Um, so that I, I believe that that that's why there's this spiritual battle going on as well. So it's been a real roller coaster, uh, but we've learned a lot, and and you know we're continuing to to box on through the challenges. And can you see how God's placed both you and Caroline? Um, in different positions and different experiences in the last 25 years to have you right where he wants you now for this oh, fund? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, and we all have had experiences of that where, you know, you know, people say, oh, wow, you're an overnight success. Uh, but then the real story is there's, it's an overnight success that has taken 25 years uh, you know, for God to work out the different sort of timings and the different skills we've had to pick up and the different people that have to come on board. Um, so if you look at, you know, where I started, so obviously from, from you know, I, I've, I've got the medical background, I've gone through medical school, I've got the network of, of, of specialists and different doctors uh, to tap, you know, to validate the technologies um, and obviously I've been involved, you know, Caroline and I have been involved with a lot of uh, early stage investments and, and some, you know, some successful exits. Uh, and Caroline also with her background, you know, coming out of uh, law and commerce at university and then, uh, and then, you know, doing mergers and acquisitions as a lawyer and then eventually, you know, working with Fish and Paykel Healthcare for 10 years, uh, running, their, their, running their legal strategy an IP strategy, and then, you know, being involved in the recent uh, uh, IPO, initial public offering, you know, of, of a startup company and being involved in a seed fund, you can see how God has pulled all these elements together. And, and we didn't technically go after these things specifically. Uh, I think, you know, just on the journey, God has brought different people into our seasons. And, and so, you know, we've, we've, we've continued on those seasons and gained the different sort of technical skills, I suppose, and connections. Yeah. And I think that's such an important lesson for anyone who's young that's listening, um, that God does place you where he wants you and he is going to use the experiences. And we may not be able to see the whole pathway at any given point in time, but you know, as you get a few years under your belt, you can look back and see how um, good God is and see his um, hand in your life on that pathway. And yeah, uh, yeah I, I love hearing your story and seeing that in your life. Yeah. And I think in line with that, Tim, you know, if I was to share with a, a person starting out on their career or study at, starting out on entrepreneurship, you know, I would say the key thing would be to, to serve others. Um, and, and so oh, that's good. What, what, what I mean by that is, uh, you know, when whatever experience you pick up on your on your on your journey uh, through your career, you do that actually. You do that better actually when you go and serve. Whether you serve your boss or you serve your customers or you serve um, you know the, the the owner of the business or, or you serve your colleagues. So you you you're in a capacity to learn, but you're also in a capacity where you learn through that service and, and you pick up so much valuable insights through that serving. And you also pick up obviously some mana as you serve others. Uh, and I think that's been one of the key things we've, we've learned through the years. Oh, no, that's um, absolutely amazing. And I do see that in your lives. And 
Um, I, I do love that how there's a, a motivation of service and it would be so easy to try and manipulate your way down a certain path or orchestrate it. And, you know, especially being a planned person, uh, mm. but trusting God and again, working, serving with a heart that reflects um, our uh, awesome savior is just um, going to open doors and it's going to place you right in the center of where he wants you, his will. Uh, that is cool. And you are an awesome, both of you are an awesome example of that. So in terms of obviously we're talking um, a lot about business and there's a strong faith stream that just comes through you and Caroline and who you both are, how you operate. Are there any other aspects to how you approach business, um, which is um, uh, influenced by your faith? Yeah, I mean... You know, from 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 our perspective, it's 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 that we we always, even you know, when Caroline and I we when we make decisions, they're quite significant decisions. We always reach out to what I would consider trusted mentors and trusted friends, um, and 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 you know, I think that's key. And and you know, we we all can't just live as islands. And and I think you know, we have people in, in our circle that would fulfill that sort of role. And obviously they have to be trusted. Um, you can't, you know, you can't tell someone who doesn't understand that well, that, you know, you're going to raise a hundred million dollar fund if they're not in a position to understand the size of that, because some people would shoot you down pretty early in the sense of a tall poppy. If, if, if you know, you were to blow them away with a dream that was too big. So I would say that, you know, yep, reach out to trusted friends or mentors, but, but, but they have to be trusted and be open to that sort of enhance or big God dream. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. that's important. Otherwise you kind of feel discouraged very early in the journey. Uh, and, and very early in the journey, there's definitely a lot of challenge. No, um, absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, you know, just for someone, again, starting out, how do, how do you find those people? How and how do you approach them? I think that takes takes time. I think that comes out of, uh, again, you know, serving others and investing into the lives of others. Uh, I suppose in, in a church setting, that, that's probably, there's, there's, there's better structures for that to happen. Uh, whether you build relationships over time through your your life group, whether you build relationships over time through you know your business working group, or you know you build your relationships with your lead pastors and so forth. So I think that takes time, and 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 you know unfortunately you have to invest into it. Yep, no, absolutely. So what about purpose, Ken? Uh, do, do you have a overarching life purpose that you know you're on this planet for you've mentioned Karamed. um is, is there other themes that run through that yeah i mean as 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 a follower of christ uh, i mean the, my overarching purpose is you know one uh love god and the second one is to love people and 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 on a micro level there's many things we could do you know in in both regards 
Um, for Caroline and I, we very, very early on in our walk with God, we worked out that our purpose was to raise funds and pour it into the kingdom of God and also to bring others on, the, on, that, on that journey um, to see that that was also their purpose. Uh, so that's our overarching purpose, actually, in life. And you probably see that, you know, a lot of the projects we do would feed back into that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Both of you live such generous lives. And I think you communicate. I think you have got a gift in, in terms of uh, communicating what generosity does. And uh, again, linking that to uh, church, to advancing the kingdom. And I've, I've certainly learned a lot from you over that i mean would you have an encouragement for anyone listening in that area yeah uh, definitely i mean it's just you just start start somewhere you start small and and you know um caroline and i over the years have learned to grow with life church uh in the sense that you know we've always had some sort of um giving program or giving initiative um, over the many years that we've been in our church, obviously the most recent um, being Legacy. And, and, and so we've, some of you may have heard us talking about you know, our journey of giving with Legacy, uh, but in many ways, the fruit of, of, of that sort of faith uh, in the recent Legacy was probably built over time, starting small and taking small steps of faith each, at each season of our life over, over the years. Um, so again, it's, you just have to start somewhere uh, and, and then, you know, pray through and, and agree on, on a, for example, a giving amount if, you know, husband and wife, or if you're single, pray and seek God's wisdom. And, and then stepping out in faith. And, and I would say that, for example, with legacy, when God dropped a figure separately into Caroline and myself, we both knew it was a God figure, but it was, it was out of, out of this world. So it was an impossible number. And, and so it was a God-inspired uh, uh, amount. And, and then so we, we, we confirmed that with, with you know, uh, each other. And then we had to set out to work out how to be able to achieve that. Now, that's the physical, physically, being physically motivated part. So we stepped out on that journey uh, and and, and, and we did not leave any stones unturned in terms of where we could invest of money and where we could get a return, accepting that in our natural strength, there was no way we would still hit the target, accepting that. But we made sure that everything that we had in our hand, we would plow it back into the soil as seed. And then as it turned out, you know, through the spirit, Spirit's guidance, we, we, we managed to achieve a miracle amount. And... And it was not because of, you know, us, but it was because of God doing it with our obedience. So I would encourage yeah. everyone, step out, take the small steps and just keep being obedient. Uh, it's an awesome encouragement and you are both inspirational, Ken. Changing direction a, a little bit. I know you're passionate about personal health and obviously your whole background leads to that and you're very direct with me in terms of ensuring I look after myself in fact um for those listening a few months ago Ken forced me into his car after a business event and rushed me to hospital with what turned out to be a blood clot in my lung I'd been insisting to him that I just injured a rib at the gym and needed some painkillers uh so Ken along with 
avoidance. Um, what what are some health mindsets and challenges that you see with business people and professionals particularly? Well, first thing to say, Tim, is I'm glad that you 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 did take my advice on board. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, we might not be in a position to have this podcast today. Yeah, uh, I yeah. I didn't really have much choice you were that, um, uh, I guess, insistent. And just for anyone, when you walk into A&E with your GP with you, you do get that special treatment. So I do appreciate it. Saved my life. So so I wear two GP hats. I'm a general partner of a venture capital fund, and I'm also a GP, doctoring GP. So I'll put on my general practitioner hat now. So the, the key things I notice, whether it's pastors, business people, and so forth, there's a lot of not only you know avoidance. There's probably a lot of people who are unrealistic uh, about what they're doing health-wise in the in the, in, in the medium and long term. So I look at health, you know, as looking after yourself. I mean, it's a marathon, right? It's definitely not a sprint. Um, you've got to look after your body, and your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And you've got to look after that. For most people, it'll be about 80 years, okay? Not for everyone, but for most people. Uh, and so I look at it as stewardship. You have to look after that body for those 80 years, it has, and you want it to function well. Uh, as a GP, I see people who haven't looked after themselves well enough in their early days, and they tend to suffer more in their 60s, 70s, 80s, some of them suffering in their 50s. And it could be... You know, they've, they've had diabetes for many years, uh, heart trouble for many years, a lot of joint aches and pains and so forth, okay? Um, so, so I believe that the time to look after it starts now and it's a marathon over many years. And that could just be as simple as, you know, uh, eating, eating better. And that could be as simple as, you know, having better sleep patterns, uh, as simple uh, as just having more exercise in your life. Simple things like that. And for those of us who have maybe already done some damage, um, years of rugby or um, whatever, uh, that still applies? Like it's not too yeah. late? No, it's, it's never too late. I tell even my 80-year-olds, you know, for example, you know, 10 to 20 minutes of brisk walking is, is, is good. And, and it's been proven to improve general health and improve your mental health even. And that's proven, by the way. Uh, and it's been improven, proven to improve joint strength, muscle strength, and reduce pain. So for some of my patients, they can't walk because they're in such pain from bad joints. So I get them to jump on an exercise. Um, you know? and, and I think you know, while we're in lockdown, I think it's a good opportunity to maybe you know look at some of those healthy exercise habits and look at some yep. of our, our, our other habits which are not as healthy you know some of us are probably stress eating in lockdown uh, you might want to check that some of us are probably drinking more alcohol than we should uh, in lockdown and to be fair Tim as a doctor I can tell you that during periods of lockdown you know most people will be feeling a bit of frustration, disappointment some people are feeling anxiety some are feeling the blues some are feeling more than the blues perhaps even you know clinically depressed there's a lot more irritability a lot more anger a lot of stress yep. you know stress yep. of working juggling children you know some business owners 
self-employed will be juggling some financial stress. So there's a lot of, I'm seeing a lot of stress at the moment with lockdown. And even in the last lock, big lockdown last year, you know, it goes on for quite a bit of time. People will struggle with this for many months, even after lockdown has finished. I was going to ask what the tale of this was last time. Yeah. It, it doesn't go away straight away. No, it doesn't. So some people will just, you know, be running on reserve and they'll just burn out of reserve once lockdown comes out and they'll just fall apart even after lockdown, we're out of lockdown, but they don't have that emotional capacity to then pick themselves up and restart again. Um, so there is a, definitely a, a nasty long tail when it comes you know, to, to being affected by lockdown from a mood perspective. So and, and with that, Ken, obviously, what are some of the signs that we should be looking for in ourselves, um, in the, our family, those around us, but also in those that we maybe lead or our employees? Yeah, yeah I mean, you, you start to see it. You get a bit more irritable around the house. You know, you, you have a short fuse, you don't feel like doing anything. So you're lacking motivation um, and the things that you enjoy, you're not really enjoying. Um, you're feeling worried, a lot more anxiety about things. And you're normally not even an anxious person. And you're suddenly worrying about things that you, you, you didn't think you'd worry about. And, and, and sleep starts to be affected, you know. Um, and I see a lot of people that, that, you know, especially in young adults, they lack motivation. They, they, they throw out the habits with gaming, more alcohol, you know, they're not sleeping well. It, it becomes a kind of a negative spiral. And, and that, you know, and then sometimes family harmony is probably affected. You know, everyone in each other's yeah. face 24-7. So that tends to be affected as well. So what can we be doing you know, proactively to break those cycles and those patterns? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that, Tim. I think, you know, you know from, from a GP perspective, scientifically, I can tell you that uh, there are studies that show, you know, as I mentioned, exercise, even short amounts of exercise, you just have to increase your heart rate for about 10 to 20 minutes. So brisk walking, some people running, exercising. That definitely improves mood. Uh, interestingly, prayer has been shown <laughs> Uh, prayer has really? been shown to improve mood and not just in the short term, but even in the long term. And, and, and that, uh, the studies that were done were actually around group prayer. So I would encourage people to reach out to you know, their life group to pray with them, their trusted friends, their family, pray, pray together. And, and, and obviously that reaching out in itself uh, has a positive uh, impact on your, on your, on your well-being. Um, for us, uh, as a family, we, we, we have uh, what we call Milo Hour, where the family gets together at the end of the night and we have a little bit of something to eat and we, we unpack our day. You know, we might talk about the good things we've had in our day or maybe unpack some of the challenges of, of, of the day and share something funny that we've seen through the day. Um, definitely the other things that you could do is, you know, look at your sleep routines, you know, don't watch Netflix till two in the morning every morning, you know. So less screen time, regular meals. Um, definitely bright sunshine helps. Uh, obviously not for too long, but uh, you know, 30, 40 minutes of sun, sunshine a day helps. Uh, as we mentioned before, some people benefit from positive journaling. So they might journal the positive things that have happened through their day uh, and really dwell in that. Uh, and, 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 and yeah, and, and from a faith perspective, Tim, I would say, you know, just 
just when you talk to God, just stand on his promises. So that's what we call yeah. positive, positive framing. Um, yeah. And so reframe from the negative to the positive. And that's also scientifically proven. So, but for me, from a faith perspective, my positive reframing is to stand on God's promises, you know? And, you know, I would say like, you know, read the verses that really, that you know, to stand on God's promises. Like for me, I would, I, out of Isaiah 43, you know, don't be afraid. I've redeemed you. I've called your name, your mind. When you run over your head, I'll be there with you. When you're in rough waters, you will not go down. When you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end because I am God, your personal God, the Holy One of Israel. You're so saved. good. Very good. Um, Ken, and I just love the practical nature of everything that you've just described there. There's um, something there we can all be doing or add to and as you've said this has significant impact on our physical world and our, our our health that's amazing so awesome practical tips for all of us Ken I've got a few final questions for you uh, you are a lifetime learner you're always upskilling what, what are you reading or learning about at the moment yeah so one of the key things I'm learning at the moment is I'm actually having to read around uh, doing a lot of drill down into specific health technologies so not just in a generic sense but actually having to drill down right into the detail even at a cell molecular structure and trying to understand the workings and how a certain technology works so there's a lot of learning in that which has been really really cool and interesting obviously I'm, I'm new in the venture capital space in terms of the operations in the back end so I'm learning a lot about that um, and and just on on a on a more lighthearted side, I've I'm, I'm I'm I've I've started reading a book called Humankind, and I'm hoping to finish it. Uh, I'm probably a bit busy at the moment. It's called Humankind: A Hopeful History, uh, and it's actually about ex looking at history over 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 time and at the goodness in people, and not not at the evil of people. You know, you get a lot of books where it's just about. Uh, the evil of people and what they've done. So this book looks at the good things people have done in history. So I'm looking forward to probably finishing that over summer, actually. Oh, fantastic. Well, I look forward to catching up for a coffee when we can and you unpacking that with me. Um, what, what are you most looking forward to doing post-lockdown, non-church related? Because I know you'll be there with bells on, but what yeah. else are you looking forward to? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I am missing church and coming together. And so, so, so the rest, you know, so, so is my wife and my kids. But the one thing I really want to do once we're out of lockdown is there's this, there's this really cool Chinese restaurant in the city and they have the most amazing baked crunchy buns. And, and I just can't wait to go and have them. I, I knew it was going to be food related. That was going to be my guess. I've written it down on a piece of paper. Hey, um, Ken, Thanks so much for your time. It's been such a blessing. Uh, I always love chatting with you. Um, there's been no exception. And I love the scale of your vision, your generosity, the way you and Caroline live on purpose. It's truly inspiring. And uh, just thanks so much for your practical advice for all the listeners around personal health. Uh, so much tangible stuff we can implement there. Uh, so for everyone listening, I hope you've enjoyed today's insights and wisdom as much as me. I will catch up with you next time. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me on.